up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name's Hunter. My name's Ellen. I'm Josh. And we're here, guys, and we're super excited. This is the second episode of Season 2. Um, we're looking forward to this year. Um, I'm not going to let any cats out of the bag. We've got some cool guests coming to join us this year. Um, ones that we know, and I'm sure some that we don't know yet. Um, we're looking forward to, I'll go ahead and say this, we're going to start releasing videos as well towards, uh, as this year continues on Thursdays, we're going to do videos of our podcast, we'll release those on the church Facebook, uh, as long as we're allowed to by social media platforms, um, and we're going to do different things, we're going to try to get more involved with the community and with you all as our listeners, because that's what we want, is to be able to talk to you guys. Um, email you guys, pray for you guys, all of these things, because that's what we're here for. You know, we're here in the name of Washington's Chapel. This isn't Josh's personal podcast or Alan's or mine or even Grant's. We're here to represent Watson's Chapel, but not only here to represent Washington's Chapel, but when we first talked to the church about starting this ministry, you know, our, this was our goal, and I think we've stuck to it. We're not here to talk about opinions. We're not here to talk about uh, all these things that we could. We're here to talk about the Word of God. And I, you know, I don't want to waste a lot of time in an intro this week. I want to, I want to get down to what hey, we're going to talk about. Plus, plus or minus nothing, unapologetic, just God's word at face value. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what this podcast is about. That's, I mean, that's all we know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to waste a lot of time. I want to jump into this. So before, you know, we we were going to jump into angels this week, but I sent the guys a message this morning just because I'm burdened. Um, about things that I'm seeing take place right now. Um, now, we're going to talk about government. Now, we're not going to talk about specific politics or where we side, because as I said, this is a church podcast for the Word of God. We are going to look at the Word of God and what it talks about when it comes uh, to government. But I've been burdened this week because, two examples, I've literally seen a, a pastor. I'm not going to say names. I saw a pastor this week pray curses of God on a man that is in government. Curses of God on a man that is in government. Not only did he pray curses on him, he prayed that he he would be sick. He prayed he would become poor, literally to the point of death. He prayed this from a pulpit, and not only did he pray it from a pulpit, the whole congregation was screaming, Amen. I want to say this. At what point in Scripture are we charged to do that? At what point in Scripture are we gifted to put a disease on a man. Uh, another thing, you know, uh, pastoring is a, an opportunity to dive into the Word of God. But, you know, my, my grandpa, wise man, wise man, you know, I heard him and my dad, they were talking this week, um, and they were talking about that this is really a great time for revival, but it's almost like most preachers are too busy slamming other people right now instead of getting into the Word of God, which we're charged to do. And I'm heartbroken. I really am heartbroken. And so this week, we're going to jump into what the Bible says about being a Christian and government. And Ta- go ahead, Alan. Taking off on that point, you know, when we uh, when we think about some of the things that Scripture reveals to us, and the Bible talks about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth mm-hmm. speaks. And typically, when folks use that Scripture, they're referring, referring to folks that uh, have a dirty mouth and they cuss a lot. But there's no difference. It's true you listen, you observe, and by the revelation of your own tongue, you expose what's in your heart. The character of the heart, absolutely. It's the character of the heart. So if, uh, if, a, if a man uses the pulpit to spew hate and venom, then he's got hate and venom in his heart. heart. Yep. And, you know, I've heard some people say, too, well, you know, he can do that. Jesus flipped tables. Let me, let me just say something. 
if you agree with what I just said, if a man's were to look at you and say, preachers can do that because Jesus flipped tables. I want to challenge you to actually go study that story out and study the context. Out of context. Because it said that this would happen because it said that he was consumed of jealousy for his house, for his temple. They were literally, listen, literally in the temple at that point, they were selling things. There was all sorts of sins partaking in the church building. Jesus comes in and in context kicks them out because he's saying, this is the house of God. Okay, so let me say this. The men that can use that text or say, you know, uh, Jesus flipped tables, I can say this. Oh, are you guys selling stuff in your church? Is there sin going on in the church building? Oh, I didn't know you guys were in the same scenario as Jesus. See, they're taking that out of context because he's literally talking about what was going on yeah. in the temple, yeah. not something outside of the temple. And that Jesus was giving righteous, he had righteous anger in that moment. God was unhappy. He is God in flesh. So therefore, his judgment, his decision in that moment was righteous. But we're not Jesus where we can just use that text to get away with what we want. That's taking the Bible out of context. And before we jump into the context of what the Bible says, Alan had a great point where we should start. We should really talk. Alan, who is authority like you were talking about? There's only one authority, and that's God. Amen. And uh, when we were, uh, this is something that, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about how we prepare and how we <laughs> how we plan. And this one's on about three hours' notice, just so you know. And we all agreed. <laughs> no, 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 it's not as bad. This is, we all agreed that yes. this is an applicable topic that needs to be addressed from a just a factual point of view. And when you talk about authority, all of uh, I've got some notes here that I wrote down. Uh it says that the the power, even in government, uh, they would have no power if it didn't come from God. Right. The power that he yep. has, he's the supreme power, the supreme authority. Uh, he had the power to create. Uh, I mean, he he spoke this world into into existence, the heavens. He he made it. Uh, in John chapter nineteen, verse eleven, uh, he was speaking to those in a position of authority, and you know what, you would have no authority except God gave it to you. Right. So uh, the number one thing that we need to set uh, the groundwork uh, when we start talking about a, a topic like government and authority and respect and, and all those uh, good godly principles is who is the authority? It's not the preacher. It's not the deacon. God's the authority. Absolutely. And um, I'll say this. We're, you know, like I said, this is a church podcast but whatever side of the fence you stand on when it comes to your view of government who you support and who you don't support if someone gets in that you support you should pray for them if someone gets in that you don't support you should pray with for them maybe you get to pray with them i, I don't know i know evangelicals and evangelists and all these guys that really try to get to the white house every year when a new president comes in to pray with them and minister to them and share the gospel with them, it's it's accurate because people are seeing Franklin Graham. He always wants to pray with the new president-elect because he sees. So it doesn't matter where you stand. You should always pray, but ultimately, no matter where you stand, realize what Alan just said. God is the ultimate authority. Yeah, you, not only is God the ultimate authority, but uh, we as Christians, as a follower of Christ... He is our ultimate authority. We shouldn't. It shouldn't matter to us on what side of it, as far as what we look at in the, here in the United States, what side of the party we are on, because no. our party alignment is 
in Jesus Christ. So <laughs> we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to have a uh, hold our hand up to wait our turn to speak. But uh, Josh, <laughs> when we start talking about politics, it gets it gets passionate, right? And people get emotional. And and if anybody has the right to talk about this topic, it's me. So I'll just I'll go ahead and tell you. But here's the deal: when we start talking about our faith, and when we start talking about the fact that we don't let that politics make its way in. Well, now, <laughs> hang on a second. If I'm not going to respect the outcome or whatever, I know this election's been crazy. It's been complicated. And accusations and, and so and so and so and so. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, that God rises them up and he sets them down and he puts those in position of power. So... Even if you don't recognize the process of an election, you say, oh, he's it's corrupt, they're cheating, blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a president you may agree with and you may disagree with. But here's the bottom line. God put him there. Yep. Whether it was for, He rises them up, he sets them down. Whether it was, whether, and this is a, man, this is key. Whether it's for the prospering of our country or it's, God's judgment could be. on our country. It could be. Could be. Yep. Either one. Either one. We're not here to, you know, say we're on this side and if you're on we're not nope. here. We're just talking about the Bible, but that's a fact right there. He raises them up for his purpose. And what Alan was talking about is when you look at the church and you look at government, I mean, literally, and you guys probably know where we're going. Rome, go ahead, well, Alan. We could talk we could, we could talk about the historical part. Now I love the fact that I wish our pastor was in here. He could help mm -hmm. us. Because when we start talking about history and things like the government and the separation of church and state, and folks say, well, that's just the government trying to keep God and suppress God's people. No, the separation of church and state with the intent was the fact that we were a nation that's founded on the principles of God and, and in God we trust. And the separation of church and state was designed not to let the government tell us who to worship. You know or, what I'm saying? Or in the 1500s when the Catholic Church was wrapped into government and they were controlling the government. So let's go back to some of the things that some folks like to get hung up on, like, oh, the the, the, the government don't let us pray in school and yada yada, don't let this happen. And, and, and Where's the church at? Where's the Christians at? Where, where, where are you at in this process? Where am I at in this process? You know, it's our responsibility to live our faith out uh, in a in a in a visual vivid manner, to where that uh, the light that we shine and what well, what we talked about that Shekinah glory that uh, that uh, is in the presence of God that illuminated Christ when He was transfigured. There's none of that in us, but we're the reflection image of Him. We can we can let that light bounce shine on us and bounce off and and, and illuminate those around us, and it's attractive and it's something that's pleasant. Yes, and uh, when you look at the church and government, now I mean here here's a Bible question: What does the Bible say about government? What does the Bible say about living as a Christian? How how should we do? Romans thirteen. I mean, I remember when John MacArthur's church, and we'll probably talk about him here and there, when his church was being persecuted and they were trying to shut the doors, and he kept having services. Um, and they were telling him he couldn't preach about Jesus and he couldn't do this. A lot of people saw that as like, why can't he just listen? The reason he didn't listen is because they were trying to pull him away from God and what God was leading him to do. And what I love is he had a sermon. 
I mean, specifically, it was called, it was talked about, we're not going to bow down to Caesar. That's pretty good right there. A leader was trying to lead him away from God. He said, no, God is my power. God is my authority. You are not. So we have to, that word authority right there. So when you get into Romans 13 and it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Now, you might hear this right now and be like, well, I'm not being subject to certain parties or I don't want to do this. I want you to understand that the government is supposed to be separate from church because the authority the government has is from a civil standpoint, a civil law making like don't steal, don't do this, don't do. So God raises them up for civil purposes. Now, when you get to spiritual purposes, they're not supposed to be a part of it because God is the spiritual authority who even allows them to have civil power. Yeah, so you, you can take this and even go back to a topic that was talked about on the podcast earlier, like the egalitarianism and the complementarianism. Yep. And you, you take the concept, not the fact that it's about gender, but you take the concept and put it on the grandioso scale. Mm-hmm. magnify it multiple, multiple times, and you've got the same exact issue. Submission. Yeah. yeah. Submitting. Yes. And it's not me submitting to... It's me submitting to authority. And, and that's where, when you look at submitting to authority, I mean, let's say that a government group does get in that's trying to pull us away from our religious beliefs that we stand on because God has given them to us and we are God's people. If they try to pull us away from those... They can't, they can't do that. And that's the point where we say, no, just as MacArthur said, we're not going to bow down to Caesar. We're going to bow down to God. So when you look at this text and it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, that's not saying like, hey, forget God completely and only listen to them. That's just talking from a civil standpoint. But Let's say that the civil standpoint starts saying, you can't worship, you can't read, you can't pray, we're going to take the church away, we're going to do this. Then at that point, we're like, no, 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 you don't control that. God controls that. You want to take stuff away? Go ahead, because I'm going to continue in the faith. And we'll get into a lot of this uh, after. Go ahead, Alan. One one thing that we do want to mention. And then we'll pass it to Josh. And Josh, you throw something at me in a minute if you want to. One thing we we do want to mention is, while we have this platform, while we have this opportunity uh, one thing that we need to address is is that the the uh, the the verbal I guess you would say mouthpiece of those that are uh, radical that want to say uh, uh, things like you can't pray for that person because if you do you're going to support abortion. That's yeah. nonsense. Yeah. That is that is absolute hogwash. Yes. Did my I mean, Appalachian vote? <laughs> that's good. In, in, that, in, you, that, in that case. Any person I ever pray for that is in sin, from what a person would say from that standpoint, I su- I don't support that. Yeah, no, at all. No, you that's don't. why I'm praying yeah. for, for them. them. Exactly. For exactly. Them. exactly. And so, uh, Josh, when you look at it, and I want to see your angle on this, when you look at praying for someone that you may not support, I mean, why is that important to pray for them? Because, uh, well. For for one, if it goes against the word of God, they are lost and undone. So therefore, I would be praying for that person, for them to see the true revelation of God, Jesus Christ, to understand they're lost in their condition of their state that they're in, and in hope of salvation for them. I mean, that's the that that is our objective as Christians. And as Alan was saying, and Hunter alike, 
that God is the ultimate authority. And we are to serve him first and foremost. Amen. So that, with that being said, you know, there is a lot with this past election. And there's a lot of stuff happening on both sides of the fence that as a Christian, we could not partake of it because it would diminish our, yes. our testimony as a Christian when we are out there acting, acting a fool, basically, with foolish wrath. I mean, foolish anger over stuff that has no relevancy to the Word of God because it's not under an, a Christian attack as far as what they're trying to strip away church or the open worship or any of that. This is an election of yeah. a man that's going to lead a country. Yeah. I, yes, and that's and re- what... And regardless, regardless to, to, to who yeah. occupies that position, it's irrelevant, right. completely irrelevant. Yep. Our responsibility does not change according to the Word of God. That's right. We all, And here's the thing I was thinking. The only reason we keep praying for them is because our authority, God, told us to. That's why we pray for them, because the love of Christ is within us, and he has compelled us to pray. Do you know how many, listen, do you know how many government officials Jesus was in front of? He never said if he supported them or not. He probably didn't support their lifestyles, but he tried to lead them to salvation. How did he react in those situations, Hunter? He didn't support or join in their actions or their point of view. He wanted to tell them, hey, you can be saved. There is a gospel. God in the flesh, with all power, Yes, standing before somebody in a position of, I'm doing air quotes for those, you know what I'm saying? In a position of so-called authority, man-made authority, but yet the authority all lied in him, and he could have. Yes. Spoke the word. Yes. Boom, turn you into a pillar of salt. Whatever I wanted, you know, because of the fact that he's God in the flesh. But what Pilot, he did, Pilot when he stood there, do you not know the authority? Opened open, not his mouth. Open not his mouth. I was saying the same thing. Jesus said, the only authority you have over me <laughs> is, is what's, what's been given. given. What, what I give you. That's, <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what I give yes. you. Yes. And so when you look at. How's the, the volume over? <laughs> when, you, when you. And see, like, oh, man, guys, when you're listening to this, listeners, listen. There are things that I could tell you from both sides, all sides of anyone that's ever tried to run for a position this year that I do not agree with biblically. I can, I can tell you how it is. And whoever gets to be in charge or gets put in place, I'm going to pray for them regardless. Yeah. Now, they try to take my, my freedom away. My you know They're like, you can't worship God. We're about to get in some yeah. text. Uh, then, I'll, then I'll have something else to say, but I don't want to jump ahead. But when you look at this and it says, be subject to governing authorities, you could stop there and be like, what? But look at the rest of it. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Now, you might be thinking, why would God let such a, uh, a time happen? Why would God let someone in the office that I don't agree with and that does all these things? You have to understand, God used Babylon to put judgment on Israel who turned away from God. He raised up Gentile nations to show Israel that they were wrong. So we have to, I mean, even, they said that the, the by the saving of the Gentiles and salvation, the Jews would be made just. So God can raise whoever he wants, whether it's for someone to prosper or whether it's for someone to receive judgment because they've turned their back against God. He can do what he wants, but he institutes that. And it says, therefore... <clears throat> Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. Truth, right there. So what if, what if, you're looking at everything that's going on and someone gets in that you do not agree with 
And you're resisting him, and you're like, I hate him. I can't stand it. I, I can't do this. The word of God says you're not only resisting them, you are resisting God's will. That is strong right there. Yes, it is. And I'm te- no, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I've had to realize that in my own spiritual life when it comes to looking at government and all these things. It's not what Hunter wants. It's not always going to be what I think's best. But I'm telling you, when Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done, we've got to look at what's going on before us and say, this is what God ha- has predestined. This is what God has foreordained. So therefore, if this is what God wants, so be it. And you can take a topic like politics, and you can take a topic like our country, and take a group of people that are emotionally wound tight anyway, and you can say words like, do you love your country, and and throw things out there that can get folks worked up to the point that, you know what, regardless of what the concept is or what the the, the, the background behind it is, just because they may be of a different party, mm-hmm. I've already in my mind closed any door of possibility for me of supporting that person. It's completely wrong in my my mindset to even think that way because of the support that's commanded from us in the scripture, and we've we've read it here multiple times. We're required. Yes. So the rest of the text says, and those who read resist will incur judgment now we you oh my goodness you got to separate church and state right here civil law versus god's law this text that when it says even in verse four when it says he's god's servant that does not mean he's a prophet or a pastor or a preacher this is just saying god has given him a opportunity to be in charge of civil law and so when it says incur judgment that's just saying this look number verse three says it for rulers are not a terror to do good conduct, but to bad. Not talking about spiritual things, talking about civil. That means this. If they state a law that says don't steal, if I don't steal, I won't get in trouble. Right? right? right. The government right. won't come right. knocking on my door saying, Hunter, where you been? You've been stealing. Okay, civil law, not spiritual law. Okay, look here. Right. Verse, uh, when you keep going, um, let's see. Would you have no fear of one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his re- approval. Listen, I don't live to get a, uh, a political man's approval. I live to get God's approval. But listen, when it talks about that, it, it, you know, when it says, "Would you have uh, no fear for the one who's in authority?" I'm not terrified for them taking my life, but I have respect because this is what God has instituted. That if I will do good and live by the civil law, they won't come knocking on my door finding me. This passage has nothing to do with saying that the president is a spiritual leader or this—he's the spiritual. No, 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 no. no, no. You got to separate that. This is the Christian. And the government. Okay, look at verse 4. For he is God's servant for your good. That's just saying God created the office of of a civil law man. A man to be in charge of a country. For a king, anyone. The reason that was made is for civil law goodness, right? They, uh, you know, one might come along. There were some that civil law guys that raised up and they did bad things. They were taken out pretty quickly in, uh, when you read about in the Old Testament and stuff. But when you look at this, it's saying that he gave this man an opportunity for civil goodness, moral goodness. Don't steal. Don't run around doing this. Don't run around doing this. Okay. 
But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. That's saying if the, the law of America says don't steal, and I go out and steal, then I shouldn't expect that they're going to spare me. That, they're going to show up looking for me, are they not? And when you go down through uh, the rest of this text, that's why he says in verse 6, for the same reason, pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Not saying they're literally ministers of God. That just means God's given them the opportunity to be in charge uh, of money and all these things. Pay all to who's owed. Now you're, okay, so l- let's address this side of it. Now you might be thinking, but Hunter, what if the person that's coming up is about to take is about to enforce ungodly laws and they're doing ungodly things with money and they're trying to enforce it on us. Okay, let's go a different direction with this. What do we do when someone who's trying to lead us civilly starts going in unbiblical direction? What do we do when someone they're trying to make us live ungodly or do something ungodly? Um, we've talked about it. Um, we, I mean, we've all, before this, we've talked about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, Josh, you want to turn there, and I'll, I'll go to Acts four. Alan, were you about to say something? Daniel the Lions dance. Another, op- I mean, another. Example. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you know when they said, you know what, you can't pray. You got to pray. Uh, and Daniel had the the good habit of praying three times a day, and he opened his window and he prayed to God, and he said, "No, nah, you got to pray to me." The king said, "You got to pray to me. You can't pray to God. You got to pray to me." And I said, "I won't do it. I'm gonna keep praying." Yep. And got him thrown in the lions then. And, and- <laughs> yep. God delivered him. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar brought him out of there and was like, "Oh man, (laughs) this your God's something's up with this." Even like when you think about okay, so like in Acts four, so Daniel didn't lead a coup. No, he didn't go out and recruit a lynch mob or or, or let's let's kill let's kill the king because he's trying to make us do something that God says we know we're not supposed to do. What he do? He kept doing what God told him to do, praying in obedience, in submission to God. In meekness, and, and when, if you're gonna throw me in the lines, then throw me in the lines. Then that's I, I'm prepared to accept that. And it's the same concept for Peter and John in Acts chapter four. Listen, all of a sudden, Peter and uh, John, they've been preaching the gospel. People have been saved, right? A man's healed. People are being saved. The Sanhedrin comes together and they're like, "We've got to stop this." So they bring Peter and John in in the court and they say, "Listen, you guys can no longer preach about the gospel. You can no longer say the name of Jesus." Now listen, they have stepped outside of their role of civil law enforcers, right? The government at this time, they've stepped outside of making the law, don't steal, don't do this, do this, do this, do this. They're stepping outside and now they're saying, listen, here's a new law for you. You can't preach Jesus or talk about the gospel anymore. This is what Peter and John say. They say, um, let's see. So they called them, charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So they look at the officials at the time and say, Listen, we're going to leave it up to you whether we should listen to God or listen to you. And then they said, But listen, what we've heard and what we've seen, we won't stop talking about it. And that's when you say... What happens when someone in government gets to the point where they're like, okay, this is more than just civil things. I'm going to take it a step further because I don't like Christianity. Okay, let's talk about the Roman Empire. Tons of Roman emperors raised up, said, we're getting rid of Christianity. We're going to burn the Bible. We're going to persecute Christians. Do you know what happened? Revival took place because they said, no, we won't stop. What happened to the Christians in Rome at that time? A lot of bad persecution yes. like you've never seen i mean not just hey let's kill them hey let's make sport of killing them 
Let's feed them to lines. Let's tie them between chariots. Let's rip them apart. Let's spear them on a stake and set them on fire. Yes. Pa- uh, they Polycarp was one of the writers and influencers of the Bible. I mean, literally being translated, they put him, they said, we're going to burn you at the stake. Yeah. Yeah. Polycarp's sitting there. Did you write about him? No, but I'm just oh, saying. They, just... they were standing there. Alan's in his paper. I thought it was about to get weird. <laughs> no. Polycarp's standing there, and they're like, we're going to burn you at the stake. He said, burn me. So they light the stake on fire. He won't catch on fire. <laughs> then, then he said, you're going to just have to kill me. And so they end up stabbing him. And the story says a dove comes out of where they stab him and flew up, which that's a representation symbol of God. But you know what Polycarp did? He said, I won't stop. Right. No. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey the gospel. I'm going to keep doing what I've been called to do. I won't cower down, which Josh is getting ready to talk about here in a second. And I'm going to keep serving the Lord, even if it means they take my life. Go yeah. ahead, Josh. Uh, so Daniel chapter 3, uh, you get the story of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And now uh, King Nebuchadnezzar he built the, um, let's see, uh, thou king, uh, this is in verse 10. He says, thou king mate hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of, and enlist the, all the instruments. So basically when the music plays, he says all to fall down and worship his golden images that he, and then it, so here you have these three Hebrew boys that refuse to bow down going down then to 13. To a government official. Yes. To a government, government. official. Right. And then, uh, then, so starting in verse 13, this is, um, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, king at the time, the government official, and in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake to them and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you not serve my gods nor worship golden images which I have set up? Now, if you be ready that what time you hear the sound of them, and then all the music, that, so the the cornet, the harp, the flutes, sackbut, uh, dulcimer, and all kinds of music. You fell down and worshipped the image which I made well. But if you worship not and you made cast in the same midst of a burning fiery furnace, and who that God that shall deliver you out of my hands. Mm. Here comes to me. <laughs> this is it. Boy. This is yeah. it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not caref- careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So either way, these boys are telling them it doesn't matter because... We are going to be delivered. Our God is going to deliver us from your hand. Absolutely. Either, either I'm alive or I'm going to be with him forever. But what you don't see in an instance where you have any child of God standing in front of a person in a position of authority in an earthly kingdom, you do not see disrespect. Right. You don't see hatred. You Quiet and peaceful you, you don't yep. says that. Then that's that's for the the simple fact that my witness, my my influence is not gained by me spitting venom and hate and and telling you that you're wrong and right. It's yes, to live that it's to live that humble example. Absolutely. So, so with the, what Alan just said, so interesting. So today, you know, uh, these people sent me these videos. Uh, Grant sent me one. My good friend sent me the other one. And I listen to these guys that are just absolutely taking the Bible out of context. I mean, awful, 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 awful things that are coming out of their mouths. So I'm like, okay. So I start looking at a lot of well-known pastors in this area, 
not in this area, in the in our country, that we all Matt Chandler, John MacArthur, Stephen Lawson, Vadi Bachman, uh, you guys can probably think of other great biblical preaching pastors. Okay. I noticed one thing. None of them were praying curses. None of them were slamming anyone doing anything out of hatred. They weren't forming mobs. Do you know what they were actually doing? They were preaching the word of God. Now, during this time, have a lot of them gotten Romans 13 and said, we're going to pray for our government, but if they start doing things that are ungodly and start pushing us, we're going to keep serving God? Absolutely. But just like Alan said, they didn't form some pitchfork mob and start running after guys because that is not what we're called to do by the word of God. Right. That is and, it, not. and like I said earlier, you lose your testimony. You you cannot represent Christ and be of a faith of following Christ and and, and re- represent this that way. When uh when you read in Acts of um, Paul, he was doing his ministry and he came across the blacksmith, right? Right. And they had the false gods and he came in there and people were being saved. Yeah, they they, they were mad because he was taking their. They formed a riot. Anytime yes. you really see riots, or when Jesus a riot came and got him, there's all these people. Paul, right? They took him outside the gates, beat him, and left him for dead. Uh, Jesus, they pressed him up against a cliff, wanted him to fall off. The only people that really, really, really formed mobs out of hatred were people that were against the gospel. So here, here, against it. Here's a scripture that just come to my mind when we're sitting here talking, and we're talking about how do we, how do, how do God's people behave? How do God's people, in a time like today, in in the instance that we're in, in the um, emotional volcano that's going on in the united states right now what's our responsibility what what should we be doing uh second uh, timothy chapter 2 verse 2 says in your hardness as a good soldier of jesus christ uh that's three let me go back up and get two and these things uh thou hast heard among many witnesses the same commit i thou to faithful men who shall also be able to teach them to others Endure hard things as soldiers of Christ. Yes. It's, our, it's our responsibility. Yeah, yep. we don't like it. Nobody likes it. Yep. Uh, it. You know, but the fact of the matter is we're to endure and we're to teach others and we're to instruct others on what God's word, the principles that are in it. How do we have an impact on a lost and dying world for the kingdom's sake? And I mean, another thing about these pastors is they say it from their pulpits Let's pray for our country that God's will would be done. They're not running around like some of these jokers trying to say that God's revealed a prophecy to them that this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. I want to say this. In the Old Testament, if you said such a thing and it didn't happen, they'd they kill you. you. They would kill them. And I thank God for grace because I'm yep. telling you right now in this day and age, and this gets, oh, this gets me worked up. Yeah. We've got a lot of men and women that get in pulpits and say the most ungodly, unbiblical things. Shame on you. And they say it's from the Word of God and God's revealed it to them, but yet what they're saying contradicts the Word of God. And that's what I'm telling you. It gives a misinterpretation. It misrepresents what the true gospel church is supposed to be Well, what they're representing is their agenda. They're not representing the Word of God. And we're talking about false teachers, if you haven't picked up. Because right now... 
I mean, literally, that guy that Grant sent me a video. The, I pray in the name. I pray in the name of Jesus that uh, you get curses, and in the name of Jesus this, and in the name of Jesus this. Romans thirteen says to pray for those people by the abundance of his mouth. Politics means more to him than God's word. Yes, by the yes. by the abundance of his mouth. Yep. If you listen, I want to say this, and I say this out of love. If you feel called to get into government and politics, go to it. Go do it. I, God bless you. We'll pray for you. We'll uplift you. But please, please do not use a God-given pulpit to promote your own agenda or your own gospel or your own opinion. I'm telling you, listen, listeners, we're not we're not saying what side we're I'm telling you, there both sides, any side, two elections ago, four elections ago, there are things that I can find that I don't agree with both. But I lift them up in prayer. I pray that they will be saved by the gospel, but I'm not gonna sit and misuse a pulpit for my own agenda. And we're intentionally Woo. leaving out the fact that you know what, I've got an opinion. Right. I, I did vote in this election. Yes. I'm not going to bring it up. Nope. Because I'm it's not, irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's, it's irrelevant. absolutely and this, irrelevant. This is not our personal podcast. This is the church. So you want to know why we're not? This is how this church biblically stands when it comes to government. Get in Romans 13. Read it and study it out. Come to a prayer service. At least two people are going to say, man, let's pray for our country. Right. Let's pray, let's pray for, for our leaders. Let's pray. Yes. Whoever it is, let's lift them up and gather together in prayer and pray that God would help them and show them and protect them. And ultimately, if they're lost, save their soul. Listen, when Paul was Saul, right? He was in the Pharisee party. He was the best of them all. Do you not think that he had his hand in government and politics at that time and how oh, things sure. went? Yeah. But what happened? He got saved by Jesus Christ. What a testimony. What if the prayers of the saints, the fervent, affectious prayers, I'm getting tore up. What if the prayers, huh? What if God were to take somebody in the same circumstances, Paul, save their soul? Yep. And that is a testimony that brings God glory. glory. Amen. I'm telling you, literally, yes. we, we can't just misuse pulpits. We can't misuse uh, the Word of God. We've got to stay in the context of it because that's what we've been called to do. Mm. It's not based on opinion. It's, based on, uh, it's placed on the Word of God. And when you get to this, okay, so what if the government, what, what if it comes to a point where they're crashing on us and they're wanting to persecute us and take our church buildings away i wrote a question what will we do at that point here's my answer we're going to keep worshiping and obeying god listen that example in acts 4 they left there and kept preaching the gospel listen right here nebuchadnezzar said bow down to me they were faced with persecution what'd they do oh we're just gonna keep standing we're not gonna obey you we're gonna (laughs) obey god John MacArthur this year, when they came to his church and said, we're going to put lawsuits on you, we're going to sue you, we're going to take everything away from you if you don't close your church doors, he goes, okay, well, I'll just keep serving God. I'll be in the pulpits on Sundays. You want to come to church? Go ahead. And we're just going to keep going through the Word of God. You know thousands of people kept showing up to that church hearing the gospel message. So what do we do at that point? Boy, we just keep serving. We keep obeying. In meekness, just like when you see the example that Christ set, it was a, a humble servant in, me, in meekness. He was obedient uh, even to the death. And, and, I, that's, you know, and, and there needs to be some soul searching because I think it's time that Christians uh, that, are, that claim the title as a Christian, if the, if, the, if the rubber met the road and they're going to come to my house and they're going uh, to take my guns and kill me, 
am I still going to say I'm a Christian? Or am I going to... Well, is my faith strong enough to survive that? Or am I going to be uh, 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 one of those that uh, that maybe I don't have what I say I have? Right. You know and, and I mean, that's a very real point because, I mean, we're, we're seeing it more and more. Peter I'm, tried that. Yeah. When he cut the man's ear off, Jesus said, live by the sword, die, die by, by the sword. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, And he voluntarily said, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. Polycarp, all these guys we read through the early church fathers. Now, you know, I'm sure when they came in and they were threatening their family, they stood up for their family. Yeah. I'd stand up for my family. Absolutely. But if somebody were to walk in this room right now and, and say, listen, we know you're a Christian. We know what you stand for. And we're here. We're going to ruin your life right now. I'd say, to God be the glory. Yep. I would pray that I would say such a thing. Yeah. Right. We can think of hypothetical. I, I mean, I remember one time I was listening to one of the Duck Dynasty guys, and they were telling about a story about a, a little one of the school shootings that took place. Columbine. Little girl. Right? Yeah. They said, Who, if you believe in Jesus, stand up. You know what she did? She stood up. up. And reality hit me in the face. And the Lord said, big boy, would you stand up? I had to do some soul searching. But I'm here today to tell you I'd stand up because the God I serve is worth dying for. He's worth serving. Now, I'm a little, my emotions are a little tampered right now, but I'm telling you this. If, think about this selling out your faith for freedom. So, here's where we're at. Money meeting, I'm talking about where the rubber's meeting the road. Yeah, things are getting crazy. Yeah, things are getting, yes, getting in a position where most folks have never seen it before. Yes. Could it happen where somebody says, are you a Christian? And the repercussions may be severe. What's your answer going to be, listener? Mm. What are you going to do? Nope. Don't know him. Never knew him. Peter done it. That's not, I'm not one of his. They said, I can tell by the way you talk. Paul, right. Paul went out of this life witnessing yep. to guards, to kings, to emperors. And he witnessed all the way to the point where they cut his head off. Now, am I asking for that? No. Nope. No. <laughs> I'm not asking for it. Nope. But listen, what listen, this last question I put in Alan's transition, man, this is just great. It says, what do we do if we are persecuted for it? And by for it. Now listen, we've talked about Romans thirteen and the civil responsibility that the government is given by God. Okay. What do we do when they start cracking on us? What do we do when they start persecuting us and doing all these things to us? So me being the old guy of the of the bunch, I guess since I'm probably the closest one to the grave. Uh, <laughs> I can speak oh, wow. and say I can, I can say that you know what, guys. I've there's been times in my life where I thought about death, and it was. And don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not morbid or suicidal or nothing. But there's been times in my life where the thought of death gripped me with fear. Absolutely. And when I say that, I'm talking about uh, a, a place that. It's probably as paralyzing as you can get without dying, and and and, and you you you're in a position where you can't function, and you yes. you're you're you don't you're, know you're what useless. to do. You're absolutely useless. Yep. I, I want I want you to understand that in my <laughs> later years, I'll say I just hit fifty. By the way, Woo! yep, whoop whoop. Five of them. <laughs> November twenty fifth, right for Turkey Day. Yeah. Hit fifty years old. Uh, those thoughts. Those fears those apprehensions are nowhere near me and when i say that i'm not going to say it bragging i say it for the fact that god's doing something special in my life because i really understand if my faith is what i say it is why does death scare me right 
Hey, why? Hey, don't fear those that can take your life, but don't fear the one. Yes, life and spirit. And so, soul. literally, fear of dying. In and I'm again, I'm in no hurry. I'm I, I, I have grand a grandbaby that I love. I've got children that I love, and a and son that's probably gonna get married. Maybe, well, maybe <laughs> <laughs> if she don't if she don't wise up. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I just I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, but. The, the 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 fact is, I've got plans in the future, you know, uh, things, the bucket list stuff that I would like to do. I want to hang around a while, but if none of that happens, understand, my faith has got me in a position right now to where I understand everything that I've longed for is in eternity waiting for me. Yep. Absolutely. And I mean, I mean, that's what the Apostle Paul said, you know, to live as Christ. To die. To, to die is gain. <laughs> I mean, it's, you that's know. That's it. Yes. Oh, that's a sweet savor right there. Just just to say and to think about. And like, when you look at the answer, to what do we do if we're persecuted for it? I wrote two words. Trust God. Yeah. Right there in Daniel, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Bingo said, we, we know he can deliver us, but guess what? If he doesn't, glory be to God. To God. Yes. Glory be to God because they will dwell with. And I was even thinking, and I told Josh this text, and I know he, he's going to go after I say this. Matthew sixteen eighteen. Yeah. That's when Jesus looks at Peter and he says, "On this foundation, this faith, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against yeah. it." So here's the thing: the government tries to come down on us. No one's going to destroy the church of Christ. Yep. No one's going to remove the body of Christ. Because even if they take our lives out, guess what? There's probably about millions more out there. And I mean, the Church of Christ, the gospel, it will, they've been trying to get rid of it for years. But here we are today saying it has existed more than it ever, ever, ever has. And go ahead, the rim, The remnant that remains, there's always been that remnant. And just like Hunter talked about earlier, that remnant during times of persecution thrived flourished and their faith was more real than any political threat than any physical threat their faith was more real than any opposition they faced their faith was so real that it spread like wildfire you think covid spreads fast Mm -hmm. you let a bunch of christians get dialed in with god and let their faith get real yes they'll start sharing it wherever they go won't it'll be unstoppable absolutely, it, like it'll be, absolutely. yes it will be unstoppable. unstoppable absolutely an attractive christian faith where yep. their hearts dialed in with god yep and the they love him with all they've got man alive that's 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 something that's attractive and will spread like wildfire and, yep. go ahead josh well so on touching on this you know one of the things that when on that last question what do we do if we're persecuted for the the one thing that I thought of is, you know, he, here in the U.S., you know, especially in my life, I'm not persecuted. I don't fall under persecution for my faith. Um, people will sometimes challenge my faith, question my faith, but I'm not persecuted for it. And I thought, like, you know, so I was thinking of, you know, so we have, we have um, missionaries all over the world. There is missionaries working. That are getting into countries that yeah, death is absolutely yeah. plausible. China. If they are caught, China. they will be yeah. right executed. Yeah. You know, and they're standing in their faith, and they're like, "This is what God has called me to do," and I'm thankful for them. 
But then I started thinking about it, and the only story that kept popping into my head was Stephen. And not so much because, I mean, he, he ultimately paid the ultimate price. But his response at that moment, that shows you what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, to know that it's properly. Just like him, wasn't he? Yeah. Just like Christ. Not, there was no hate. No. There was no fighting back. No. There was no fury. He's calling can I, can I, he can said I forgive him. Yeah. 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 yeah, read no, it, read it. You don't have to ask permission. Go ahead, read it, read it. Acts 7, uh, 7, 7.54, But when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus sitting on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man, uh, Man standing on the right hand of God. Then cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him in one accord. They cast him out of the city and stoned him. The witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, who was named Saul. <laughs> who was that? Who was that? Saul Thomas. Saul, Saul would end up being Paul. Paul. No. Yes, yes. And when they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. And this is it. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He his his dying concern last words was don't hold this to them. <laughs> so let Josh, let, let me keep going with what Josh just said. So today, the video the one video I got about the guy who was trying to pray curses on people, right? I, I sent it to a good buddy of mine. And uh you know what text he said? He said, I didn't know Christians were supposed to pray this. I thought Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Yes. That's exactly what yes. Stephen is saying. I mean, he's just reiterating Christ. Yes. Listen, why? hey, judge not lest you be judged. Judge. And I'm telling Stephen didn't come out of a place of hate. He was preaching to some Jews saying, listen, open your eyes. Right. Jesus is Messiah. The Old Testament says this. Jesus is Savior. You killed him. Repent, repent, repent. Exactly. Go back just a little bit farther. Yeah, there, there's a disagreement there. I don't agree with what your standpoint. You're wrong, and I know you're wrong. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But what do I do? What do I do? How do I respond when it he, goes past that? Stephen kept preaching. Yep. He kept Keep sharing the gospel. Be, John, Christ, be Christ-like. John did the same thing. Yes. John did the same, same thing. thing. Cape right on. Paul, listen. Oh, my goodness. And Paul's getting ready to go to Jerusalem where he's going to be arrested. And if you remember, uh, the men showed up and they said, listen, the Holy Spirit told us, if you go, you will be bound and you will be chained. And you know what Paul said? It's God's will. Yep. I'm going. He goes. He stands before Agrippa. He stands before Roman officials. And you know what he does when he's in front of them? He doesn't sit there and talk about he hates them and he doesn't want anything to do with them. They said, give us a defense of why you're here. And he said, well... I was the I was the chief of all sinners. Yes, I was the worst of the worst. I did this. I was even there, you know, when all this stuff went down. But one day I was on a road to Damascus, and he shares the gospel with yep. him in their presence yep. in church. And literally, that's what when we do this podcast, that's what I'm thinking. The church that's listening to this, not just this building, not just this, the body of Christ, wherever you are. What do we do for with government? What do, how are we supposed to view it? Romans 13 says that they are, are given authority, civil authority, not divine authority, not spiritual nope, authority, right, nope. civil authority. God gives it to them. And what do we do? We pray for them. Yep. We lift them up in prayer. We, we, we keep living out the word of God. We obey the civil law. We keep God's law higher than civil law. We don't obey man. We obey God. And I want to say this. 
they will have to give an account for how they manage their opportunity. Whether they're a Christian or they're not. They will stand before God just as you and I will one day. And they will give an account for everything that they do. And that is the absolute truth. The Bible's full of it. I mean, you you, you look at leaders that stood and and God held them accountable. God made Nebuchadnezzar act like a cow. Yes, Yes. he did. (laughs) Yes, he did. did. (laughs) You you look at those things and, and I guarantee you, there's we don't understand it we 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 don't understand how god uh, you know uh does all the things he does but we've said this before josh has said it i've said it god doesn't have to seek our approval no it's his plan it we, god don't have to check with us to make sure he's getting it right yes what, what it's god's plan it's got it's not our plan it's god's yeah. plan what, i mean here here's a possibility what if this is all just supposed to happen the way it is so Christ will rapture the church? What if the prophecy is finally being fulfilled and Christ is going to come get the church? And a lot of people say, we've been waiting for years. That's why the Bible says the long suffering of the Lord is salvation. What if God's doing this just to expose some posers? Say they're Christian. Where are they at? Where are they at when it comes to being godly? Where are they, where are they at when it comes to supporting the local assembly? Where are they at when it comes to uh, evangelizing in their own community, in their own family? Well, I mean, what what if God exposes people that are not supposed to be in high authority of mm. our country? And it ends up going the other way and things turn around. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, but I, I'm telling you this. Whether prophecy being fulfilled or everything's just going to change dramatically. I have my opinion. But ultimately, my opinion... It's not God's opinion. God's will, God's plan is unfolding before our eyes regardless. And people, listen, we have not, through this entire podcast, made a specific stance. Nope. Our stance is the Word of God. Yep. Our church, go to John MacArthur's church, go to the uh, First Baptist of Madison down the street, go to these other churches where I know these pastors are. If you ask them, they might have an opinion, but ultimately you say, what do we do as a Christian? They're going to take you to Romans 13 says, well, the word, inspired word of God says that we need to pray for those. And listen, 1 Timothy 2.3 literally says this. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for all people. First, he says all people. Christian, don't stop praying for all people. Oh, listen, I worked on a study this last week. Uh, I have an opportunity to preach at a church, and I pray that God would let me deliver, uh, be able to get in this topic. But there's a statement. When you like, when you think about someone's heart being hardened or someone being turned over to reprobate mind when you study out Romans one, let me let me let you into something I've learned from the Word of God. We don't know. No. We don't know, nor no. can we control. So that's why we should preach to everyone. We should pray for everyone, and I believe that's why the Word of God says, "Be made for all people." And yep. when it says pray, it don't mean pray they drop dead. No, no, it's it's praying. It means, yes, it means pray. For their benefit, play on their behalf. Yes. Play uh, that intercessory prayer. Ooh. Yeah, in, in, in stereo. <laughs> listen, listen. If I ever, if I ever in my life was in the presence of a man who started praying from the pulpit, curses. Literally, I'd look for. It's a, time to go. I would get a hymn book and I'd throw it. <laughs> or when he got done, I would get up there and say, "That is not what the Word of God says." Now they might kick me out. So be it. But I'm. We stand on the Word of God and he says be all for people but look in verse 2 it says for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet godly dignified in every way and he's talking about kings and rulers now listen when you look at this and say we may lead a peaceful and quiet life does that mean we never stand up for truth 
No. Nope. But when, listen, that's where it comes down to. When they start coming, when any government official, anybody, uh, Chadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They would probably live quiet and peaceful lives as Israel and worked and served God. Yep. But when the opportunity came, they stand on truth. And that's what it is, Christian. Listen, we, under civil law, we need to live peaceable. We need to live above reproach. We need to live blameless lives. So when the lost world looks at us, they say, there's something different about them. Yes. They're not out breaking all these laws like all these other jokers are. But, when the government or when someone comes up to me and says, you can't worship God anymore, then I'll look at him and say, brother, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> I'm not getting off of this truth. Yep. And so be it. You want to throw me in a fiery furnace, God will deliver me or he won't. Yep. Ultimately, to God be the glory. And guys, I want to encourage you. Maybe you're listening to this and, and we're not listening. We're not asking for emails of hate. We're not asking for none of that. If you don't agree with what we're saying, I just dare you. Go read Romans 13 because it, it, you're going to be surprised. The Word of God says we need to pray for those. We need to lift them up. Pray for their salvation. But when you look at everything we've talked about, we've talked about what the Bible says as a Christian we should do towards government. We should pray. We should understand that this is God's will that is being done. He's put them there for some reason, whether they're there for a day, they're there for four years, or something happens and they never get in. It's God's will. And, yes, and what absolutely. You, and when you look at it, you're like, okay, well, what's the point? Like, if, if they start cracking down on the church, do we just stay quiet and, and follow them instead of following God? No. Right. Keep following God. Right. Stand up for truth, but do it in a way that Christ has taught us. I want to say this. One of the videos I was watching today, I started scrolling through the comments. And I, somebody got on there, and he knew what he was talking about. He said, what about loving thy neighbor? What about when Jesus was peaceful when he talked with people? What about Romans 13? And do you know what I saw? I saw other Christians comment to this man that made that comment, this biblical comment, and tell him he was not a true Christian. Mm. And he was weak, and he was not true. He wasn't standing up. No, no, no. That man was standing up. Yeah. And I'm sure if someone came and knocked on his door and said, you can't be a Christian anymore, he'd say, no, 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 I am. I am. But people were knocking him down left and right because of the scripture he gave, which was true. Yeah. And bold. And, I mean, literally. It, it, that was, that was. I mean, you you can call him a coward or a yellow belly or a turncoat or whatever you want to call somebody. He wasn't the only one. That was, quote, Romans 13 and all these things. But that, that's boldness to stand up in, in, in the face of a so-called Christian who is being counterproductive and actually destroying or tearing down instead of building up. He openly rebuked him. And openly yeah. rebuked them. I yeah. mean, literally, we talked about that in the men's Bible study. But, I mean, when somebody says something unbiblical, are we not called? I mean, literally, are, are people not led by the Spirit to say something? Yeah. It might not be you. But man, that guy just quoted scripture. That's all he did, and people were like hating on him, like, "Well, you're not a true Christian, and you're you're not standing up, and you don't have a spine." And I'm like, "When did not going to physically fight someone mean I didn't have a spine?" Yeah. When did that? That's not what Christ has called us to do. And so, listen, listeners. So, were they leading on an example of that by calling this gentleman out? I mean, <laughs> well, here's the deal, man. If we've done a little more praying and a little more practicing our faith, yes, and Reading the and yeah. Reading. reading, yeah, because if you want to talk about the reading, our country would be in a better shape than it is right now. And and, and you can we can we can and I'm not I'm about to but I'm wanting to but I ain't going to. You can you can look back at the not so distant recent past history of our country and understand that if our individual local bodies, and I'm not talking about just Washington, I'm talking about 
the church as a whole had done a better job living out their faith and being the salt, being the light, being the example that God had called us to be, yes, our nation wouldn't be in the shape it's in. Yes, And you can boil yeah. it because the church goes just like the family. So our families, men, I'll call you out to the carpet right now. You need to do a better job leading your home because the family would be in a better position, which would lead our church in a better position, which would lead our county in a better position. Amen. Our state, so, yes. it goes right on down the line. So yes. the National Day of Prayer that Franklin Graham led at, at the lawn, right in front of the monument, right? So all these Christians show up praying that America would turn from their sins and turn to God and that he would save our nation. And now we're looking at what's going on. Does that mean God did not answer their prayers? No, yeah. not at all. In fact, I believe God heard every single person that lifted up a prayer that day. And, and listen, but here's the thing. If we go to a prayer, if we come to God in prayer with a personal agenda in mind and we're not willing to be obedient to His will instead of ours, then we are praying out of spite. You're predetermined. I know what I want, God. God, yep. I don't. I don't want. To, I don't want your will. I want you to make no, my not, will. Not that door. This my, one. Yeah. yeah this my will. One. My will is more important than your will. And God. so, yeah. guys, listen. We we're not here today saying we're cowards or we're we're not standing up for truth. No, 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 no. We we are. There's there's a lot of things going on uh, around in our own county. Yep. I mean, and I God love. I, I love. I love our mayor. I love the people that are in charge of this area. Um, I you know this. Good church people around this area. I mean, I've met so many people that just love the Lord, and I'm thankful for where I live. But it may not be the same for everybody that listens to this. And I just want to say, if you want to know, ultimately forget every, if you don't agree with anything we just said, you want to know how Christians should view government and how they should act, please go read Romans 13. Please go read Romans 13. You read it and you're having a hard time, talk to your pastor Listen to a trusting pastor that you know of. Uh, I mean, literally, when MacArthur's church was being persecuted, what did he do? He said, Romans 13 says this. Let's pray. Let, let's live. Let's keep focusing on ministry and the gospel. And, and, and here's the thing. Let's say everything goes wrong for the church, and they start kicking us out. They start persecuting us. What are we going to do? We're going to keep living the way that God has called us yes. to. We might have to change some yes. things. Yeah. We but might... that's why it's also key that we read and study. So if they take the physical book from us, the Holy Spirit then can pull it because it's, it's in us. It is in us. And then we, we come to that time to the witness because it, it might come to that. I don't, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. But I'm saying that that's why it's critical that we read and study the Word of God. And I mean... Uh, I was even thinking of the text, and it might... Give me just a second. I was thinking about when... I can't find it at the moment. But when it said, you know, um, if I don't do things out of love, then what have I done? Right. Right. The text is talking about ministry. Yeah. Thank my bail. Yeah. And I mean... Lit oh, right here, right here. I found it. Love is... Uh, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, if I do this, if I do this, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. Listen, love is patient. And you go into all this. Love never ends. And I'm saying this, if you contend with someone or you try to make a stance against someone and you don't do it out of love, then it's from nothing. Absolutely. And so, guys, as we come to a close to this, listen, I know we've been hopped up. We're not, listen, we're not hopped up on politics in here. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> we, listen, we are hopped up 
on what the word of God says. And that's why we're so passionate is because we're seeing, right? We're seeing people trying to per- start persecuting down on the churches. We don't agree with that at all. No matter what, who you represent, I don't agree with that. These guys don't agree with that. Right. But we also see people that are trying to make a stance in the wrong biblical way. And I'm telling you, I, I, I heard a man this week. I mean, bold statements coming out of his mouth about he don't care and he's done with this crap. Mm-mm. Friend, be careful who you listen to and who you follow. Yes, yes please. Because yes. I want to tell you this. And I'm not saying this specifically about this man. I'm saying this in general. There are going to be people in your life that will appear that they are preaching truth, but when you look, there's more to it than you think. And I hope that someday, in the not-so-distant future, some of these guys are going to get convicted by the Holy Ghost Yes, and repent and get in the yep. battle and get, get back in the battle Pray for what matters. And yes. Choose one platform or the other. Yep. Don't listen. If you bring politics or government into your church, you are not doing what Paul and Timothy and all these guys charged us to do. You are not dividing the word of truth. You're not trying to edify the body. You're bringing in something that, one, it's going to create division, or you're about to have a rally on your hands, yeah. depending yep. on what who you support. Either way. And so, Christian, we're just saying this. Really consider what the Scripture says, and then self-examine. Search yourself, whether you be at the... Examine yourself. Put yourself to the test. Look at how you act when it comes to government. And does it align with Scripture? Not with what Alan, Josh, and Hunter have said, which ultimately we're just saying what the book says. But if you don't line up with it, I, I would beg and plead. Listen, I beg and plead that you would. Because this isn't a book of opinions. This is not just a history book. This is God's Word. Uh, uh, theopnustos is the Greek word and it means God breathed when you look at it in scripture when it says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God theopnustos God breathed and if this is a God breathed word for humanity I'm just saying this when I stand before the Lord one day I want to know that I read something and I honestly tried to live by it as best as I could and I didn't just look at it Mm. and neglect it and I'm not talking about just government I'm talking about (laughs) The Bible calls us out for sin, yep. our actions, forgiving others. There's a lot of things. The I'll, whole, the whole council. The whole council. But when it comes to the specific govern or topic about what does the Bible say about government, how should we act? What do we do if they start persecuting us? Go pray yep. and get into the Word of God and just ask God that the Holy Spirit would teach you and give you peace. And listen to me, Christian. Don't lose focus right now. Do not lose focus. You turn your TV on. You're going to lose focus in about two minutes because there's yeah. so much stuff going on in this hey, world. The clock's ticking. Yes. Let, I mean, literally, when I think about Mark 13 and it said that the master left the house and he, uh, the servants and the, the watchmen at the gate and all these things, that means this. The master left, but there was responsibilities left for everyone at the house. That's why at the end of the text he says, lest he come and find you sleeping. That means you're not doing what you're supposed to be yeah. doing. We have a responsibility that's Absolutely. given to us by God. Let's not get distracted. Uh, you know, let, let's stand for truth. If persecution starts knocking on the door and people are wanting to harm us, let's be bold and courageous and grab a hold to the throne of grace. That's right. And let the, I mean, listen, 
It's no longer I who live, it's Christ, Christ who lives. lives. Let's embrace yes. it. Let's yes. pray for God's will to be done. Let's pray for the government and all this stuff that's going on that God will just put his hand on it. And I mean absolutely do a work in our days, as he told Habakkuk, that we do not see. Guys, do y'all have anything? Josh, will you pray? Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for all this uh, this opportunity and this platform, Lord, to, to discuss your word. And for all the listeners out there, Lord, and the, anybody that this comes across, um, we just pray that, Lord, that y- you do the work and then have them to be focused on you, Lord, and to uh, the emotions and the times and the struggles that we deal with in the, the world around us, Lord, has us pulling from many different directions. But you are that true the truth and you are the ultimate authority lord and the one that we look to and the one that we depend upon and that we get get our strength from lord help us to be mindful of this and then it and help and help those and help us all to be be strong in our faith and to and to share the gospel message with those around us and to to stand firmly and boldly on your truths that we can uh we can be that that light to the world lord um, if anybody out there that is listening to this is lost and undone, Lord, we lift them up to you, and we pray for that you do a mighty work in their life, Lord. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Grant just wrote on our whiteboard, instead of putting a time, he put over. <laughs> so we're going to head out. We'll come back next week, and uh, we'll continue. We're going to get into a study about angels. So we love you guys. Um, you need prayer. You have questions. Media at WatsonsChapel.net. Um, But until we see you guys, peace out.